السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ نحمد و نصلی علی رسول الکریم اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشیطان الرجیم بسم الله الرحمن الرحیم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي ربنا زدنا علما اللهم صل وسلم على نبينا محمد كتاب التيمم باب التيمم في الحضر التيمم performing a tayammum where في الحضر meaning at home when a person is not traveling hadar is the opposite of safar so a person can also perform tayammum at home idha lam yajid al-ma'a when he does not find water wa khafa and he fears fawta salati that he will miss the prayer wa bihi qala ata and ata also said the same thing so basically what we learn over here is that a person is allowed to do tayammum not just in safar but also in hadar not just when he is traveling but also when he is at home when in any situation no in a situation where first of all he does not find water he does not have water and he's afraid that if he waits for the water to arrive or until he can find water then what will happen he will miss the prayer the time for the salah will be over because sometimes it may happen that in your house or in your neighborhood because of no power or because there's no water supply over there you actually find no water so in that situation what should a person do keep waiting for the water to come no then he will do his best to find water but if that's not possible meaning despite effort he's not able to find water then what will he do he will do tayammum and he will pray salah and secondly A person will do tayammum at home when when he has water but he is too sick to use it. Because if he uses that water then what will happen? It will harm him. It will either make him sick or it will aggravate his sickness. It will cause the sickness to continue. So in that situation what will a person do? He will do tayammum. Because this question came in the Quran in the verse of tayammum what has been mentioned? Safar has been mentioned. Wa in kuntum ala safarin. But Because of that doesn't mean that safar is the condition. No, it's not a condition for the permissibility of tayammum. It can also be performed in hadr in certain cases because the main reason for the permissibility of tayammum is what? Not being able to use water. Inability to use water. No matter what situation a person is in. Inability to use water. He's traveling, he can't find water. He's not able to use water. So what, what will he do? He will do tayammum. Or he is sick. He's at home. He has water, but he's unable to use water. What's the other option? Tayammum. Or he's at home. He doesn't find water at home. Then what's the option? Tayammum. So what's the main reason that permits, that allows a person to do tayammum? Inability to use water. Not being able to use water. It's not just unavailability. A person may have water available, but he's not able to use it. وَبِهِ قَالَ عَطَاءَ And عَطَاءَ said the same thing. And this is the correct opinion. Because in the Qur'an, what does Allah say? He says, سَفَرْ And then also, فَلَمْ تَجِدُوا مَاءً If you do not find water. And this is applicable whether a person is at home or he is traveling. Now this is something that's clear. What about the person who has water? He's not sick. But he fears that if he uses that water to do wudu or ghusl, then what will happen? فَوْتَ الصَّلَى The time for that prayer will be over. He will miss that prayer. Why? Because there is only a few minutes left to catch that salah. Let's say a person was sleeping or he had forgotten completely. He didn't realize he hadn't prayed asr. And then all of a sudden he realizes there's five minutes left. Alright? Or before Isha ends. Because Isha also ends when? Nisful layl, right? So he feels that if he goes 
and does wudu or takes a bath, then what will happen? Before he is done, the time for salah will be over. So in that situation, is a person allowed to do tayammum? There is ikhtilaf, there is difference of opinion. Some scholars said that no, he is not allowed to do tayammum. Why? Because he is able to use water. He is still able to use water. The water is there, he is not sick, he is still able to use water. But then isn't his salah going to end? Isn't his salah going to be lost? Isn't he going to miss it? Well, for that, the response is, Shaykh Nusaymin, he said, that with regard to, uh, because the question was asked that if a person has to heat water because it's really cold, and if he starts heating up that water, then he will miss the salah. He said, with regard to heating water, if a person has been lazy and got up late from sleeping, and he is afraid that the time will end, then what should he do? Should he do taimum or should he heat the water? The, the response was that he has to heat the water even if he is afraid that the time will end. Because if the sleeper wakes up late, the time for prayer in his case is when he wakes up from sleep and not from when the time for that prayer began. Because the Prophet ﷺ said, whoever sleeps and misses a prayer or forgets it, then let him offer it when he remembers it. So he is obligated to pray from when? From the moment that he woke up or from the moment that he remembered? So even if he misses the prayer in the process of taking a bath or doing wudu, he's not at fault. Do you see what I mean? He's not at fault. Why? Because he is responsible, he is mukallaf from the time that he woke up and from the time that he remembered. So this is the reason why they said that no, he still has to do ghusl or wudu even if the time for that salah ends. But other scholars, they said that no, there is a little bit of time only, and if he goes on performing wudu and ghusl, then he will miss the prayer. So in that case, performing the salah is more urgent. And when tayammum also makes a person tahir, then in that case he should take advantage of tayammum and not miss the prayer. There is a difference of opinion in this matter. وَقَالَ حَسَنُ And Hassan, he said, فِي الْمَرِيضِ Concerning the ill person, concerning the sick person. عِنَّهُ الْمَاءُ Who has water with him. A sick person who has water, and he may even be able to use water in the sense that the use of that water is not going to aggravate his sickness, but وَلَا يَجِدُ But he does not find man, the one who يُنَاوِلُهُ Who will give him that water. He is sick, and he cannot find anyone who will actually bring him that water, who will give him that water, who will help him do wudu with that water. Then such a sick person, what will he do? Yatayammamu. He will do tayammum. Because sometimes a person, you know, he may be in a hospital. Alright, he may be in a hospital, and the time for salah comes in, and he's not able to even get off his bed. He can't even go to the washroom. And he's been asking... You know, the nurses for so many things, but you know what happens at the hospital, that sometimes nurses even don't respond at your every call. Isn't it so? They don't respond at every call. If bringing a glass of water for them, for you is so difficult, you think they will bring a tub of water so that you can do wudu? No, they won't. And if a person has family members, definitely they should help him. If, if he has friends, they should help him. They should be there to assist him. But sometimes even they're not there. Even they're not there. So in that case, will a person leave the salah? No, he will do tayammum. And we learned earlier that if he's not able to tayammum even, let's say the sheets are absolutely clean, there's no dust that he finds, no natural soil material he can find, then what will he do? He will pray. وَأَقْبَلَ And he came, Ibn Umar, Ibn Umar radiallahu anhu, min ardihi from his land, bil juruf, at juruf. Juruf is a place close to Medina. 
it was a place close to Medina that was used sometimes as a military camp before expeditions. So Ibn Umar anhu he had some land over there. So Aqbala, he advanced, meaning he came back from there, he came to Medina, he was on his way to Medina. Then what happened? فَحَضَرَةِ الْعَصْرُ The time for Asr came. When? بِمَرْبَدِ nam When he reached مَرْبَدِ nam مَرْبَدِ nam is also the name of a location. So when he reached this place, the time for Asr came in. So what happened? Ibn Umar فَصَلَّى He prayed Salah. Meaning with Tayammum, he prayed his Asr. Then what happened? After that he continued his journey. He went back, he continued on his way to Medina. ثُمَّ دَخَلَ الْمَدِينَةَ And then he entered Medina. وَالشَّمْسُ And the sun مُتَّفِعَةٌ It was high in the sky. Meaning the sun was still there. It had not set yet. فَلَمْ يُعِدْ But he did not repeat. Meaning he did not repeat the Asr prayer. You understand what happened over here? He was on his way to Medina. He stopped at a place where because Asr Salah started, he did tayammum, he performed the Salah, and then he went on to Medina. When he reached Medina, there was still time for Asr. But did he pray again? He didn't. Did he do wudu and pray again? No, he did not. So what does this teach us? That if a person performs tayammum, because he cannot find water, and he prays Salah, that's perfectly fine. Even though after some time he finds water. Because when he reached Medina, he found water, right? He could have delayed his salah until he reached Medina. But he didn't do that. He wanted to pray at the right time, at the earliest time. So that is perfectly correct. So when the time for a certain salah comes in, you do tayammum and you pray. After a little while, you find water. Do you need to do wudu and pray again? Repeat that salah? You don't have to repeat that salah. That salah is valid. Another thing that we learn from here is that if a person is traveling, okay, if a person is traveling and he combines the prayers, okay, so for example, he performs Zuhr and Asr together. And you can do that when you're traveling. And he does Jamar Taqdeem, meaning he joins Asr with Zuhr, Taqdeem, like first. So he joins Asr with Zuhr at the time of Zuhr. And then when he reaches his destination, when he ends the journey, there is still time for Asr. Do you see what I mean? There is still time for Asr. Does he have to perform his Asr again? No, because he already prayed. Jamu Qasr, yes. You can do that. There is no harm in that. You can also pray your Salah when you reach your destination. That's also possible. But you can also pray your Salah in the journey. Whatever is more convenient, whatever is more feasible, whatever is more easy. Because sometimes it happens that if you feel that, you know, for example, Zuhur and Asr, the time comes in in the airplane. And you feel that when you will land, there will still be time for Asr. But what will happen when you land? You will have to go through security and immigration and get your baggage and everything. And by the time you get out, you might miss your Asr and also your Zuhur. So in this situation, what should you do? Before you land, once the time for Zuhur has come in, pray Zuhur and Asr together. Even though there is time for Asr when you land. Because you don't want to miss your Salah. And if you pray it already, when you reach there, there's still time. Do you have to repeat? No, you do not have to repeat. If they're traveling, if it's a situation of Safar, then in that case, yes, they can. But if you are in, in your city, in your locality, and you feel that, okay, you're outside somewhere, you don't find water over there in the park, so you say, let me just do Taimum and pray over here. No, you're going to go home, do the wudu and pray. You can join your Isha with Maghrib in that situation. Because you feel that by the time you'll get home, you'll be so tired, you won't be able to pray. Then in that situation, again, pray with Maghrib. There's no sin in that. Yeah, because a person who is sleeping or a person who is unconscious, if they slept through the time of a certain prayer, 
when they wake up, when they regain consciousness, they have to pray. But see, the one who is unconscious and the one who is sleeping, they're similar. Just because they were unconscious or just because they were sleeping and they slept through a certain salah, that doesn't mean that they're forgiven from that prayer. When they wake up, when they regain consciousness, they will pray. And whenever they're able to, they will pray. Inshallah, in another hadith, we will learn that Prophet and the companions, when they woke up and they realized that the time for that salah was gone, they didn't pray immediately, rather they left, they traveled for a certain amount of time, and then they camped again, and then they prayed. So whenever you are able to, remember that if you are in the haram or in a masjid, the salah has begun or the qama has been pronounced, and you realize you don't have wudu, you can't just do taimum and pray then. Because there is water. You have to go do wudu or do ghusl or whatever, and then you will join the congregation. Because especially in the haram, the rows are outside of the masjid even. So if you lose that perfect spot, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but you have to go and do wudu and pray. Because remember that when the Prophet ﷺ realized that he needed to do ghusl, and he was in the masjid, iqama had been pronounced, the rows were straightened, what did he do? Did he do taimum from the wall of the masjid? That everybody is standing now, so let's just pray. No, he went, did ghusl, returned and prayed. No matter how much the crowd is, you can still get out. You can still go. And especially if the rows are standing, you can, you can pass through. You can find ways. حدثنا يحيى بن بكير قال حدثنا الليث عن جعفر بن ربيعة عن الأعرج قال سمعت عميرا مولى بن عباس قال أقبلت أنا وعبد الله بن يسار So Umair, the Mawla, who is Mawla? Freed slave. The freed slave of Ibn Abbas Umair, he said that أقبلت, I advanced, meaning I went, أنا myself وعبد الله بن يسار and Abdullah bin Yasar. Who was Abdullah bin Yasar? Mawla, the freed slave of Maymuna. Zawj al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam of the wife of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So there are two free slaves. They went together. Hatta until dakhalna ala Abi Juhayim ibn al-Harithi ibn al-Simmati al-Ansari. So they went to this companion. When they got to him, faqala Abu al-Juhaymi. So Abu al-Juhayim, he said, aqbala al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came min nahwi from the direction of bi'ri jamalin. From the direction of Bi'r Jamal, a location, a name of an area. So he came from there. He was on his way from there. فَلَقِيَهُ رَجُلٌ So a man met him. فَسَلَّمَ عَلَيْهِ And he said salam to him. So the Prophet ﷺ was returning from a certain place. A man met him on his way. And that man said salam to him. فَلَمْ يَرُدَّ عَلَيْهِ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ so the Prophet ﷺ did not respond to him, did not return the greeting to him, meaning he did not say, Wa alaykum as salam. Hatta until, aqbala ala al jidari, he went towards a wall, fa bi wajhihi wa yadayhi, and he wiped with that, you know, his face and his hands, meaning he, he did tayammum by using that wall. He pat his hands on the wall and he did tayammum. Alright? Summa radda alayhi salam, and then he returned the greeting to him. So what does it show? That the Prophet ﷺ was not in a state of full tahara, meaning he was perhaps in the state of janaba at that time. And this is the reason why he did not wish to use, to say the name of Allah as-salam in that situation. But remember that this is mustahab. It is better that when a person, you know, is mentioning the name of Allah, remembering the name of Allah, then he's not in a state of janaba, that he is tahir. So the Prophet ﷺ, he did tayammum from what? From a wall. Was he traveling? 
Was he traveling? He was in Medina. He was just on his way back. He was not traveling. But what did he do? He did tayammum and he responded to the greeting. So what does this teach us? That a person can do tayammum at home even when there is necessity. Bab al-mutayammimu hal yanfukhu fihima The mutayammim, the person doing tayammum, should he blow into his hands? Meaning when he pats his hands on the ground and his hands get some dust on them, is he supposed to blow on his hands? Because if he will blow, then what will happen? The dust will go. It will fly off. So what is he supposed to do? He is supposed to blow. What's the evidence? حدثنا آدم قال حدثنا شعبته حدثنا الحكم عن زر عن سعيد بن عبد الرحمن بن أبزة عن أبيه قال جاء رجل إلى عمر بن الخطاب A man came to Umar bin Khattab رضي الله عنه فقال so he said إني أجنبت I have become جنب فلم أصيب الماء and I cannot find water I cannot reach water I am in the state of جنابة I cannot reach water I don't have it فقال عمار بن ياسر so عمار بن ياسر he said لعمر Umar ibn al-Khattabi, he said to him, أَمَا تَذْكُرُونَ Do you not remember that أَنَّا كُنَّا that we were في سَفَرٍ in a journey. أَنَا وَأَنْتَ I and you. Both of us were on a journey. فَأَمَّا أَنْتَ As for you, O Umar, فَلَمْ تُصَلِّي You did not pray. وَأَمَّا أَنَا And as for myself, who is saying this? Who is saying this? Umar bin Yasir. He said, as for me, فَتَمَعَكْتُ So I rolled over. In what? In the mud. Meaning I rubbed some mud on myself all over my body, you know, from my head to toe, everywhere. And then, فَصَلَّيْتُ And then I prayed in that condition. فَذَكَرْتُ لِلنَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ And then I mentioned this to the Prophet ﷺ, that this is how I purified myself using mud. فَقَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ So he responded, that إِنَّمَا كَانَ يَكْفِيكَ هَكَذَا That indeed, this would have been sufficient for you. What would have been sufficient for you? He showed, he demonstrated, فَضَرَبَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ بِكَفَّيْهِ الْأَرْضَ The Prophet ﷺ struck both his hands on the ground, وَنَفَخَ فِيهِمَا He blew on both of them. ثُمَّ مَسَحَ بِهِمَا And then he wiped with both his hands, وَجْهَهُ His face, وَكَفَّيْهِ And both his hands. So in this hadith, what do we see? That a man came asking Umar anhu that I am in the state of Janaba, I can't find water, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to do taimum or am I supposed to wait until I find water and then I should pray? The opinion of Umar anhu was that a Junub person cannot perform taimum. So in other words, if he doesn't find water, he will not pray. Even if that means he does not find water for a month, he will not pray. Until he finds water, does ghusl and then he will pray. This was his opinion. So Umar bin Yasir, he was present when this question was asked and he said, but don't you remember that incident when both of us were traveling and both of us needed to take a ghusl? You did not pray because you were not sure and I did tayammum. But how did he understand tayammum in the case of Janaba as an alternate for ghusl? That just as you pour water all over your body in ghusl, likewise you have to rub mud all over your body if you're doing tayammum in place of that ghusl. So this is what I did. And when I told the Prophet ﷺ, he said that this would have been sufficient for you. What? Just rubbing on the face and the hands. And in that narration, the word nafakha is mentioned. Nafakha, that he blew. He blew. And this is the evidence that Imam Bukhari is taking, that when a person is doing tayammum, then when he will pat his hands, he will blow on his hands.
And this is an evidence also that dust is not a condition for tayammum. You can do tayammum from rocks that may have been washed clean by rain. You can still do tayammum with them. Okay, as long as they are, you know, of their natural state, meaning they're not sealed, there's no paint on them. And what's the evidence that a person can do tayammum as an alternate for ghusl, meaning to come out of the state of janaba? In the Quran, Allah says, "Aula mustumun nisa." Right, that is mentioned. "Aula mustumun nisa," or you have had contact with your women, and what that refers to is sexual impurity. So, in that situation, also a person will do tayammum. Bab at tayammum lil wajhi wal kafaini. Tayammum for the face and the hands. Meaning, when a person is doing tayammum, he will only rub on his face and his hands. This is wajib and this is enough. This is wajib, meaning it is mandatory. The hands and the face, both have to be rubbed over. If a person does not wipe on his face, is his tayammum complete? No. If a person does not wipe on his hands, is his tayammum complete? No. Both are necessary. This is wajib. And it is enough. It is sufficient. Meaning he does not need to wipe over his arms. He does not need to wipe over his head or over his feet. No, it is not necessary. Whether that tayammum is being done in place of wudu or in place of ghusl. Regardless of whether a person is coming out of minor impurity or major impurity. حدثنا حجاج قال أخبرنا شعبة أخبرني الحكم عن زر عن سعيد بن عبد الرحمن بن أبزة عن أبيه قال عمار بهذا He said that عمار said this What? That التيمم للوجه والكفين That التيمم is only for the face and the hands Not more than that Not beyond that وضرب شعبة And شعبة He struck بيديه الأرض With both his hands the ground ثم أدناهما Then he drew both of them close أدنى The word dunya is also from the same root He drew them both near من فيه His mouth So both his hands, he pat them on the ground, and then he drew them close to his mouth. And then, ثُمَّ مَسَحَ وَجْهَهُ Then he wiped his face, and then وَكَفَّيْهِ And both his hands. So the face first, and then the hands. وَقَالَ النَّضْرُ النَّضْرُ said, أَخْبَرَنَا شُعْبَةُ عَنِ الْحَكَمِ قَالَ سَمِعْتُ ذَرًّا يَقُولُ عَنِ ابْنِ عَبْدِ الرَّحْمَانِ ابْنِ أَبْزَى قَالَ الْحَكَمُ وَقَدْ سَمِعْتُهُ مِنِ ابْنِ عَبْدِ الرَّحْمَانِ So in this also what do we see? That based on the narration of Ammar radiallahu anhu, in tayammum what has to be done? The wiping of the face and the hands. حدثنا سليمان بن حرب قال حدثنا شعبة عن الحكم عن ذر عن ابن عبد الرحمن ابن أبزة عن أبيه أنه شهد عمر That he was present where Umar was. He witnessed Umar. وقال له عمار and Ammar said to him كنا في سرية We were in a سرية What is a سرية? Hmm? An expedition on which the companions went, but the Prophet ﷺ did not go. The expeditions in which the Prophet ﷺ participated, what are they called? Ghazwa. فَأَجْنَبْنَا Then both of us became junub. And in that situation, what did I do? I did taimum in, in the manner that he had described earlier. وَقَالَ And the narrator, he said, تَفَلَ فِيهِمَا He tafala. Tafala means to blow, but as a person blows, there's also a little bit of spit that comes out. So it is to spittle. Like, okay? One is, and the other is, you understand? So, when he showed tayammum, what did he do? Tafala. So, tafala, nafakha, what's happening? Blowing. The same thing. Haddathana Muhammad ibn Kathir, akhbarana shu'batu an al-hakam an zarrin an ibn Abdurrahman ibn Abza an Abdurrahman, qala qala ammarun li'umara, ammar sati'umar, tama'aktu. 
that I rolled over in mud, I rubbed it on myself, فَأَتَيْتُ النَّبِيَّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ فَقَالْ I came to the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم and he said, يَكْفِيكَ الْوَجْهُ وَالْكَفَّانِ In another narration we learned, the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said to Umar that the face and the hands would be sufficient for you. Meaning wiping them was enough. حدثنا مسلم حدثنا شعبة عن الحكم عن ذر عن ابن عبد الرحمن عن عبد الرحمن قال شهدت عمر فقال له عمار وساق الحديث ساق meaning he narrated that the hadith continues حدثنا محمد بن بشار قال حدثنا غندر حدثنا شعبة عن الحكم عن ذر عن ابن عبد الرحمن بن أبزة عن أبيه قال قال عمار فضرب النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم بيده الأرض the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم struck the earth with his hands فمسح وجهه وكفيه then he wiped his face and his hands. So all of these various chains, all of these various narrations, they basically narrate the same incident. Okay? Of Umar radiallahu anhu, of Umar radiallahu anhu, of their journey, and how both of them, you know, responded differently, and the answer that the Prophet sallallahu gave. And in this hadith, from this incident, basically what we learn is that tayammum is done in place of wudu, and also in place of khusu, both. Also we learned that in Taymum, wiping the face and the hands once is sufficient. And we also learned that a person may yajtahid, meaning he may come to an opinion based on his understanding to the best of his capacity, his, his research, and he may even make a mistake in that. Like Umar radiallahu anhu did. Right? Both of them were not sure as to what to do. Umar radiallahu anhu, he said, you do Taymum for wudu, you can do Taymum for ghusl as well. Allah says, awla mastumun nisa. And then for wudu, you wipe over the face and the hands, but for ghusl, you have to wash the entire body, so I'm going to rub mud all over my body. That's what he did. But look at how, you can say how determined he was to obey Allah, that even if it means that you're rubbing mud all over yourself, you have to do it. Right? He didn't say, but I'll get all dirty, all dusty. No. He understood that that's what you have to do, so he did it. Yes, he was wrong in his understanding, but that's what he understood. And he didn't find it hard to do it. But sometimes we find it hard to do even tayammum. That we think, oh, dust on my face. I have a dust allergy and I'll start sneezing and this will happen and that will happen. That how respectful they were of one another. That Umar radiallahu anhu, he didn't contradict Umar radiallahu anhu that no, you are wrong. He said, Amat Tazkuru, don't you remember when that incident happened? Right? Look at how respectful he was in the way that he addressed Umar radiallahu anhu. And he reminded him, giving the benefit of the doubt that the other person can forget. He can also make a mistake. So reminding him. So this is what you do. You pat your hands on the ground or whatever material that you're using. It could be rocks, so you rub your hands on them. And then what do you do? You draw them close to your mouth. Why? Because you're going to blow. Okay, you blow. A little bit of spit comes out, doesn't come out, doesn't matter. But the point is that you have to blow. Then what do you do? You wipe on your face. Okay? And that means that you have to go to the tip of the forehead. Okay, from one ear to the other, this whole area, and then the bottom of your chin. That's it, okay? So wipe, and then what do you do? You wipe over your hands. This is tayammu. Okay? Bab al-sa'id al-tayyibu, pure earth, clean soil. It is wadu'ul muslim. Wadu. What does that mean? Remember there is a difference between the words wadu and wudu. Wadu is a it's a means of purification, right? So it's the water that is used for purification. So it's a means of purification. Wudu is the act of wudu, and wadu is the water that you use for purification. So it's a means of purification. 
سعید الطيب وضوء المسلم يكفيه من الماء it will suffice him from water meaning if he has سعید الطيب from which he is doing tayammum then he doesn't need water obviously he will do tayammum when he cannot use water all right when he cannot use water whether that water is not available or he is sick but the point here is that when a person does tayammum then he is clean he should not feel that he has a lesser level of purification a person should not feel that he is dirty that he is unclean he has a complete level of purification because tayammum is what it is mutahhir it is something that purifies a person it cleans a person it removes the impurity from a person so in other words it removes hadas completely it removes hadas completely just like water does but remember you might think that washing yourself with water or cleaning yourself with water is better than cleaning yourself with mud i mean the question comes that when you're cleaning yourself with mud i mean you're not really cleaning you're not really cleaning so it's not just about cleaning it's the method that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taught because water also a person can use it a person can wash himself with it but if he does not perform wudu like wudu is to be performed can you call all that washing wudu you can't you can't call that wudu so what is more important the method that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taught for obtaining purity whether it is wudu using water or it is tayammum using soil because remember that it's basically a spiritual state a person's body may be thoroughly clean very clean but when he has to pray he has to do wudu right he has to do wudu so the objective of wudu is not merely tahara okay it's not merely tahara it's more than that so in tayammum yes you may still have some impurity on the body but what can you do you can't do much so then you will do tayammum and in the quran what does allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say with regards to tayammum that ma yuridu allah liyaj'ala alaykum min harajin walakin yuridu liyutahhirakum he intends to purify you so tayammum purifies a person it's not a lesser level of purity when a person does tayammum he is completely pure inshallah he is tahir all right and this means that if a person performs tayammum then he can pray he can do everything that a person can with wudu okay he can do everything that a person can in the state of tahara likewise if a person does tayammum for nafl then can he pray fard with that tayammum yes he can yes he can he can join you know various types of good deeds together as well وقال الحسن and حسن he said حسن البصري يجزئه التيمم ما لم يحدث يجزئه it will suffice him it is enough for him what التيمم تيمم is enough for a person ما لم يحدث as long as he does not have hadas what is hadas something that causes the wudu to become invalid so something that breaks wudu something that requires you to do wudu to pray or requires you to do ghusl in order to pray so just like when you have wudu it is enough it is perfectly fine until you have hadath likewise when a person does tayammum it is valid until he has hadath so this means that a person can perform multiple prayers with one tayammum as well you understand he can pray multiple prayers with one tayammum as well he doesn't need to perform tayammum for every 
salah as long as there was no hadith in the middle. A person can pray his nafil, he can pray his fadl, he can pray his sunnah, all with one tayammum, as long as there was no hadith in the middle. Yes, when he finds water, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَلَمْ تَجِدُوا مَاءً Right? So when you find water, then what do you have to do? You have to do wudu and tayammum, but for which salah? For the following salah. You don't have to repeat the prayer that you performed with tayammum. For the following salah, you will do wudu or ghusl, whatever is necessary, because now you are wajdul ma, you have found water. With that tayammum, you can. But once you break that tayammum, okay, once you break that tayammum, and then the time for the next salah has come in, then you won't do tayammum again. What will you do? You will do wudu or ghusl, whatever that is required. وَأَمَّا ابْنُ عَبَّاسٍ And Ibn Abbas رضي الله عنه He amma What does it mean by amma? Meaning he led in prayer He led people in prayer وَهُوَ مُتَيَمِّمٌ While he had done tayammum himself So in other words With tayammum a person can do everything that a person can with wudu His tahara is complete And in particular over here This incident We learned that he led those people in prayer who had done wudu. He had done tayammum, but the people praying behind him, they had done wudu. But still he led them in prayer. Why? Because what qualifies a person to be imam? His wudu as opposed to tayammum? No. It's his knowledge of the Qur'an, right? So based on that, he led people in salah. He had done tayammum, but the other people had done wudu. وَقَالَ يَحْيَى بْنُ سَعِيدًا And Yahya ibn Sa'id, he said, لَا بَأْسَ بِالصَّلَاةِ There is no harm in performing the salah عَلَى السَّبَخَةِ On sabakha وَالتَّيَمُّمْ بِهَا And performing tayammum with it. What is sabakha? Sabakha is basically salty land on which nothing grows. Nothing grows. So you can say that there is hardly any dust on it even. Okay? It's not sand. It's not mud that will fall apart. It's salty. So you can do tayammum with it. Why? Because you can do tayammum with all kinds of sa'id. As long as it is tayyib, meaning tahir. And you can also pray salah on it. What's the evidence of all this? حَدَّثَنَا مُسَدَّدٌ قَالَ حَدَّثَنِي يَحْيَى بْنُ سَعِيدٍ قَالَ حَدَّثَنَا عَوْفٌ قَالَ حَدَّثَنَا أَبُو رَجَائٍ عَنْ عِمْرَانٍ قَالَ He said, كُنَّا فِي سَفَرٍ We were on a journey. مَعَ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وسلم, with the Prophet وَإِنَّا And indeed we أَسْرَيْنَا We were traveling when? In the night. Isra Night journey. So we were on an expedition with the Prophet ﷺ and we were traveling in the night حَتَّى until كُنَّا We were فِي آخِرِ اللَّيْلِ In the last part of the night. So we had entered the last part of the night. When we entered that part of the night then what happened? وَقَعْنَا We stopped. وَقَعْتًا A stop. Meaning we Stopped. Why? In order to rest. Wala waqata. And he says, and there is no stop. Ahla, that is sweeter. Rindal musafiri to the traveler minha than it. Why? Why is this the best stop? Why is this the best time of rest? Because if you've been traveling all night and the last part of the night, if you stop. If you get to your bed, if you get home, if you reach home at that time, and you get to sleep, that sleep, that rest is the best sleep that you can have. Why? Because it is deep, you don't hear anything, you don't know what's going on, you're just lost, you're just out basically. 
And when you're out, then people are trying to wake you up and you don't hear anything. So many things happen, but you have no idea. So he's referring to the deep sleep that the people had fallen into. فَمَا أَيْقَوَنَا Then nothing woke us up. إِلَّا except حَرُّ الشَّمْسِ The heat of the sun. What does that mean? That the sun was not about to rise, did not just rise, but it had risen for quite a while. It had risen for quite a while, which is why it was hot. And because of the heat of the sun, the people woke up. So that meant they missed their Salatul Fajr. وَكَانَ And he was awwala, the first one who مَنِ اسْتَيْقَضَ The one who woke up, the first person to wake up, Fulanun was so and so. Summa Fulanun, then so and so person. Summa Fulanun, then so and so person. You him Abu Raja, Abu Raja, the narrator, he would name them when he would narrate this hadith. But, Fanasiya Awfun. But Awf, the other narrator, what happened? He forgot the names. Summa Umar ibn Khattab al-Rabir. Then Umar ibn Khattab anhu, he was a fourth one to wake up. Okay, so he remembered the fourth one, but not the first three. وَكَانَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمَ And the Prophet ﷺ, إِذَا نَامَ When he would sleep, لَمْ يُقَضْ He would not be woken up. وَتَحْسَبُهُمْ أَيْقَاضًا You would think them to be awake. So, يَاقِضْ What does it mean? يَاقِضْ Someone who is awake. So, لَمْ يُقَضْ He would not be woken up. Nobody would wake the Prophet ﷺ when he would be sleeping. Hatta until yakuna he would be huwa he yastayqidu. Meaning until he woke up himself. Why? Lianna because indeed we la nadri we did not know ma yahdusu what was happening lahu for him fi nawmihi in his sleep. Because remember that even the dreams of the prophets what are they? Wahi revelation. So out of so much respect for the Prophet ﷺ that perhaps he is receiving wahi. When he's sleeping, you know, we should not disturb his sleep. Otherwise, we might be interrupting the revelation. So this is the reason why they would not wake him up when he would be sleeping. So nobody woke him up. But what happened? فَلَمَّا اسْتَيْقَضَ عُمَرْ But when Umar woke up, وَرَآ And he saw مَا أَصَابَ النَّاسِ What had befallen the people, what the people were suffering from, that they had realized that, you know, everyone has missed the Fajr Salah. Everyone has missed it. Then what happened? وَكَانَ رَجُلًا جَلِيدًا And he was a man who was jalid. Jalid means someone who is shadid, qawi, some, someone who is strong and very, you know, intense, you know. So he was jalid. وَكَانَ رَجُلًا جَلِيدًا So what happened? فَكَبَّرَ He said takbir. He said, Allahu Akbar. And he didn't just say Allahu Akbar slowly or very softly. Rather, وَرَفَعَ صَوْتَهُ بِالتَّكْبِيرِ He raised his voice with takbir. He said it out very loud. فَمَا زَالَ يُكَبِّرُ And he did not stop saying takbir. وَيَرْفَعُ صَوْتَهُ And he was constantly saying it out loud with takbir. He was raising his voice with the takbir. حَتَّى until إِسْتَيْقَضَ He woke up. لِصَوْتِهِ Because of his voice. Who? النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمُ The Prophet ﷺ. Because Umar wanted the Prophet ﷺ to wake up. He wouldn't go and say, Wake up please. No. Assalamu alaikum, wake up please. No, he wouldn't do that. Rather he created some noise. He said, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, out loud. And he kept saying it until the Prophet ﷺ woke up. Now, فَلَمَّا اسْتَيْقَضَ When the Prophet ﷺ woke up, شَكَوْ إِلَيْهِ They complained to him, الَّذِي أَصَابَهُمْ That which had befallen them. قَالَ He said, لَا ضَيْر No harm. أَوْ لَا يَضِيرُ It's okay. اِرْتَحِلُوا Travel. Look at the response. 
What do we say? Astaghfirullah. That you slept through your salah, shaitan peed on your head. It's true, right? But we say such things to one another. Or we get angry. That how lazy are you? And why didn't you set the alarm? You're so irresponsible. We say this to ourselves even. So what happened? He said, Iftahilu, travel. Move on. Don't stay here. Let's go. Fartahala. So he traveled. Fasara. Then he traveled. Ghayra ba'idin. Not too far. Summa nazala. Then he descended. Then he stopped. Fada'a bil wadu'i. So he called for wadu, the water for performing wudu. Fatawadda'a. So he performed wudu. Wanudiya bil salati. And the salah was called out. Meaning, the adhan was pronounced. Fasalla bil nas. And then he prayed with the people. Falamma then when, in fatala, he was done, min salati from his prayer. Ida huwa, all of a sudden, he was birajilin with a man, mu'tazilin, was one aside, lam yusalli ma'al qawm, who had not prayed with the rest of the people. When he finished his prayer, he saw that there was a man who was just sitting on the side, who had not prayed with everybody. Qala, the Prophet ﷺ said to him, ma man'aka ya fulan, what stopped you, O so and so, and to salli ma'al qawm, that you pray with the people? Meaning, why didn't you pray with everybody? Qala, he said, asabatni janabatun. Janaba came upon me, meaning I was in a state of sexual impurity, ulama, and there was no water, so I couldn't do ghusl. Therefore, I did not pray. Qala, the Prophet ﷺ said, عَلَيْكَ بِالصَّعِيدِ فَإِنَّهُ يَكْفِيكَ Then on you is sa'id, meaning take benefit from sa'id, from soil, فَإِنَّهُ يَكْفِيكَ That is enough for you. Meaning, do tayammum. Okay, do tayammum and pray like that. ثُمَّ سَارَ نَبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ Then the Prophet ﷺ continued the journey. فَاشْتَكَى So he complained. إِلَيْهِ to him النَّاسُ The people مِنَ الْعَطَشِ Out of thirst. They were so thirsty. So they complained to the Prophet ﷺ. So what happened? فَنَزَلَ So the Prophet ﷺ stopped again. And then فَدَعَى فُلَانًا And then he called so and so. كَانَ يُسَمِّهِ أَبُوْ رَجَاءٍ نَسِيَهُ عَوْفٌ Same story. Abu Raja would remember the name, but Auf he forgot. وَدَعَ عَلِيًّا And he also called Ali. So he called two men. One man, the narrator couldn't remember his name, but the other man was who? Ali رضي الله عنه. فَقَالَ So the Prophet ﷺ said, اِذْهَبَ Both of you go. فَابْتَغِيَ الْمَاءِ And both of you go find water. Seek water. فَانْطَلَقَ So they both went on. فَتَلَقَّيَ And they both met. امْرَأَةً A woman. بَيْنَ مَزَادَتَيْنِ Between مَزَادَتَيْنِ أَوْ سَطِيحَتَيْنِ Okay, bags that are used for carrying water. Okay, these days you have bottle. Think of it like a hot water bottle. So it was made of leather and people would use it to, to, to store water or to transport water. Even today, sometimes if you go to a well, okay, you will see like a leather pouch, a leather bag kind of a thing with which people pull water out of a well. Mashk. In Urdu they call it mashkiza. But remember that this is different because it is, it is sealed from the mouth as well, meaning it has an opening in the mouth that you can close. And it has an opening on both sides, at the top and also at the bottom. Because at the top, why? Because perhaps it's bigger, you can fill it with water. Okay, from there. And at the bottom, why? So that you can open and let the water out easily. Okay, so it has two mouths. So this woman was sitting between two bags, mimma'in of water, ala ba'id laha on a camel of hers. So she was sitting on a camel, and on both sides there were water bags hanging. فَقَالَ لَهَا So they both said to her, أَيْنَ الْمَاءُ where is the water? Meaning, where are you coming from? How far is the water? Qalat, she said, Ahdi, 
means my time, bilma'i, with the water. Amsi, yesterday, hadihi sa'a, this hour. What the statement means is that this time yesterday, I got water. And since then, I've been traveling. So it's basically 24 hours away from here. The water is how far from here? 24 hours away from here. وَنَفَرُنَا And our people, the rest of our family or you can say group, خُلُوفًا One's behind. Meaning, I'm here but my, my people are coming behind. They're also coming with water. قَالَ They both said لَهَا to her, انطَلِقِي إِذًا Go on then. قَالَتْ She said, إِلَىٰ أَيْنَ Where? Where are you telling me to go? Because I said to her, okay, go on. So she said, where? قَالَ They both said, إِلَىٰ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ To the Messenger of Allah. صلى الله عليه وسلم. قَالَتْ She said, الَّذِي يُقَالُ لَهُ الصَّابِ That man who is called الصَّابِ Who is الصَّابِ الصَّابِئُون hmm? What was the understanding of the Arabs? Who was a الصَّابِ A person who had left the religion of his people, of his forefathers. Right? So she said, that man who is called الصَّابِ قَالَ They said, هُوَ الَّذِي تَعْنِينَ He is the one whom you mean. تَعْنِين from يعني from meaning okay تعنين meaning yes he is the one you mean meaning yes that person whom you are referring to so in other words they did not affirm that yes that sabi nor did he say no but they just said yes the one whom you mean فانطلقي so go on فَجَاءَ بِهَا so they both brought her إِلَى النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ وَحَدَّثَاهُ الْحَدِيثِ and they told him the whole story قَالَ so he said فَاسْتَنْزَلُوهَا so Bring her down عن بعيدها from her camel. Meaning, let her come down. Welcome her. وَدَعَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمَ بِإِنَاءٍ And the Prophet ﷺ called for a container. So that woman, she got off her camel. The Prophet ﷺ called for a container. فَفَرَّغَ فِيهِ Then he poured in it مِنْ أَفْوَاهِ الْمَزَادَتَيْنِ From the mouths of the water bags أَوِ الصَّطِيحَتَيْنِ so basically what he did was that he asked for a container, a vessel, and he poured a little bit of water from those bags into the container. And then what did he do? Wa He set aside some water in a container, and then he tied, awka'a, from wika, he tied afwahuma the mouths of those bags. So in other words, he closed them. Wa but he untied from itlaq. Talaq is what? To untie a knot, right? So atlaqa, he untied al-azali. The bottom mouths. So basically the mouths of the bags that were at the bottom, he opened those. So the top ones, he poured water out from and he closed them. And then the bottom ones, he opened them up. Why? Because a little bit of water would trickle down from there, would come out from there. It's like opening a tap, in other words. Okay? So like a little bit of water was coming. Because if you open a bigger mouth, then what will happen? All the water will come out at once and be finished, right? So he opened the, the smaller ones, the bottom ones. And then what happened? وَنُوذِيَ فِي And the announcement was made in the people. أُسْقُوا Drink. وَاسْتَقَوْا And give to drink. Drink yourselves and also give water to drink to who? To your animals. Drink yourselves and feed your animals. فَسَقَامًا شَاءَ So whoever wanted, he drank. وَاسْتَقَامًا شَاءَ And whoever wanted to feed his animals, he did that. وَكَانَ آخِرُ ذَاكَ And the last of that was an أَعْطَى That he gave الَّذِي أَصَابَتْهُ الْجَنَابَةُ The man 
who was in the state of Janaba, the Prophet ﷺ gave to him Ina a container of water. Qala and he said to him, Idhab go faafrighu alayka and pour it on yourself, meaning go and take a bath. Wahiya. And she was, meaning that woman was qa'imatun, she was standing. Tanzuru, she was looking. Ila ma yufalu bima'iha to what was being done with her water. That water that was so precious, 24 hours away. And here an announcement is made. Drink and give to your animals to drink. And then a man is told, go bathe yourself. So she's standing there watching what's going on with my water. Wa'aymullahi or waymullahi. This is basically qasm. It's from yameen. From yameen. Ayman. Okay. And that has been abbreviated to aym or waym. So, waymullahi, by Allah, laqad uqli'a anha, it was returned to her. Wa innahu, and indeed it, layukhayyalu ilayda, yukhayyalu, from thinking, okay, from assumption, that it appeared to us. We thought, when we saw it, it appeared to us, that annaha, that indeed it, ashaddu mil'atan minha. It was more in mil'atan, in fill, meaning the water bags, when they were returned to her, it seemed that they were fuller, than before, حين أفيها, compared to the time when he began from them. Okay, that they seemed to be fuller than before, despite the fact that so many people had used that water for drinking and for washing. فَقَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وسلم, So the Prophet ﷺ said, اِجْمَعُوا لَهَا Gather for her. Meaning collect different things for her. We have to give her something because we used her water. So we have to give her something. So ijma'u laha, gather together something for her. Fajma'u, so they gathered laha for her. Mim bayni ajwatin, from between ajwa wa daqiqa. Ajwa, the best kind of date. Daqiqa, flower, and sawiqa. Sawiq, we learned earlier about this. I told you in detail. Sawiq, what is it? Hmm? It's like crushed grain, okay, that is used for drinking as well, that you mix water. In it, you can make cereal out of it. It's, it's very beneficial. So basically, they gave her cereal, you can say. Okay, multi-purpose cereal. They gave her dates, flour, and cereal. So many different things. Hatta until jama'u laha ta'aman, they gathered for her lots of food. Faja'aluha fi thawbin. They put everything in a cloth. And then, wahamaluha ala ba'iriha. And then they helped her. Hamaluha, they loaded it. Okay, meaning they loaded that thawb with everything in it. Ala ba'iriha on her camel. So they helped her up on the camel, they helped her stuff up on the camel. Wa and they placed the thawb, that cloth with all the food, bayna yadayha before her, in front of her. So where she was sitting, they put the bag, that cloth full of food, in front of her. So that she feels, yeah, this is mine. Qala laha, the Prophet said to her, Ta'lamina, you know. That ma razitna, we did not reduce. It means naqs. We did not reduce mimma'iki from your water, shay and anything. You know that we have not reduced your water at all. Not even a little bit. Walakinallaha, but Allah, huwalladhi asqana, He is the one who gave us to drink. This is all he said to her. Fa'atat ahlaha. So she came to her people. وَقَدْ اِحْتَبَسَتْ عَنْهُمْ And she was kept away from them. Because habs is what to? To restrain. So she was restrained from them. Because remember that she was on her way home and her people were behind her. Now, she came here, the people went home, and she wasn't there. 
And she was kept away from them. She wasn't allowed, she wasn't able to go home. So, قَالُوا they said, مَا حَبَسَكِ يَا فُلَانَةُ What kept you away, O oh, so-and-so? قَالَتْ She said, العجب. Amazing. Something astonishing. Something amazing. لَقِيَنِي رَجُلَانِ Two men met me. فَذَهَبَ بِي And then they took me إِلَى هَذَا الَّذِي To this man whom يُقَالُ لَهُ الصَّابِئِ Who is called الصَّابِئِ فَفَعْلَ كَذَا وَكَذَا So he did such and such. فَوَاللَّهِ So by Allah. إِنَّهُ Indeed he لَأَسْحَرُ النَّاسِ He is the most strongest of people in magic. مِنْ بَيْنِ هَذِهِ وَهَذِهِ Between this and this. وَقَالَتْ And she said, meaning she indicated بِإِصْبَعِيهَا With two of her fingers. Which ones? الْوُسْطَى The middle one. وَالسَّبَابَةِ And the pointer finger. So she pointed with both her fingers. Okay, and she said, بَيْنَ هَذِهِ وَهَذِهِ فَرَفَعَتْهُمَا So she lifted both of them إِلَى السَّمَاءِ To the sky. تَعْنِيَ السَّمَاءِ وَالْأَضِ She meant the sky and the earth. So basically, she said that he is the strongest in magic of all people between this and this. Meaning, you can't find any person who is like him in magic. This is what she said. أَوْ or إِنَّهُ لَرَسُولُ اللَّهِ حَقًّا or he is surely a messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. In truth, meaning either he is a messenger or he is the strongest magician. He is the most powerful magician. فَكَانَ الْمُسْلِمُونَ So the Muslims, they would, بَعْدَ ذَلِكَ After this incident, يُغِيرُونَ They would يُغِيرُونَ What does يُغِيرُونَ mean? يُغِيرُونَ is basically to keep one's horses away from somewhere in battle. So in other words, they would avoid. So they would avoid alaman hawlaha on those who were around her min al-mushrikeen from the mushrikeen. Meaning, if the Muslims ever attacked that area or they had a fight in that area or anything, then what would they do? They would always avoid her area. Meaning not just her, but also the people who were around her. وَلَا يُصِيبُونَ And they would not attack as-sirma, the tents, الَّذِي هِيَ مِنْهُ That she was from. Because this was somewhere in the desert, right? So if ever there was an attack over there, they would never ever attack her family, her people. They would always spare them. فَقَالَتْ So she said, this woman, she said, يَوْمًا One day she said, لِقَوْمِهَا to her people, مَا أُرَى I don't see, I don't think that أَنَّهَا أُولَاءِ الْقَوْمِ That these people, يَدَعُونَكُمْ They leave you عَمْدًا deliberately. Not that they leave you deliberately, meaning there has to be, there's a reason why they're sparing you. Okay, it's not just like that. Fahallakum. So, do you have fil islami in Islam, meaning do you have any interest in Islam? I mean, come on, these people are respecting you so much, they're not harming you at all. So what happened? Fa'ata'uha. So they obeyed her. Fadakhalu fil Islam. And they all entered in Islam. They all became Muslim. Amazing. A long hadith but full of many, many lessons. But basically the reason why Imam Bukhari has quoted this hadith is to prove that, what's the name of the bab? That as-sa'idu tayyib wadu'ul muslim yakfihi min al That pure earth, clean soil is a means of purification for the believer and it suffices him from water. Because the Prophet ﷺ told that man who was junub that you should have prayed. How? After doing tayammum. That would have been sufficient for you. That would have been enough for you. What are some of the things that came to your mind? This is all my risk. 
I got it. If I give it to you, what about my kids? What about my loan? Yes. What about my renting money? Yes. What about my stuff? But subhanAllah, look at that. If you do it for sake of Allah, subhanAllah, yeah. Allah yeah. is the one. She, that woman didn't really have an option here because two men are taking her. She wasn't given a choice. But obviously there were Muslims and they would treat her in the best way and they wouldn't do any zulm on her. And if water was taken from her, she was also given something back in return and her water was not reduced. But we see that if a person has earned something through hard work, through so much effort, 24 hours, and that's what you get, two bags of water. And if there's somebody in need and you help them, Allah will not deprive you. You will be given something in return as well. One person being guided through you is better than... And I was thinking, not only one person was guided through her, so many people. So that hardship that she faced of like that 24 hours, it became the biggest source of blessing for her. Yes. We see that dawah is in different ways, directly and also indirectly. Silent way. Over here, the companions, they didn't ask her, are you Muslim or not? And why are you calling the Prophet al-Sabi? You know, nothing like that. They just said, yeah, you know, the, the one whom you mean. And then, they used her water, but they gave her something better. The Prophet ﷺ assured her, look, we have not reduced any of your water. And then the attitude of the companions changed towards those people, that this woman, we used her water. We saw the miracle of the Prophet ﷺ with her water. So they kind of respected her because of that. And as a result, she embraced Islam, and so many other people embraced Islam. Bismillah. I was thinking about the, how uh, long she traveled. And we have here in cafeteria water for 25 cents. That's why the water is everywhere. When we look around, when everybody go home, sometimes I stay late, me and uh, my friend. And then I see water bottles everywhere. And I feel like, really, this is not right. Because water is 25 cents. I make it to make it easy for you not to just leave it everywhere. The companions, they could have really taken the water from her and just left her there yes. and taken the reward. But subhanAllah, they were just in their nature that they wanted her to get the reward. They, they didn't do anything until they took her to the Prophet ﷺ. They told him the whole situation, look, water is 24 hours away and this woman has two water bags. What should we do? So the Prophet ﷺ decided what should have been done. The other thing I was thinking, sometimes we're embarrassed to ask somebody for something when somebody else needs it. So over here, like you see, they had no embarrassment whatsoever. They're like, okay, take it to that person over there. Yes. And the other thing was, even afterwards, you see that they're, they're being so kind to her. There was no command from the Prophet ﷺ to do this. They took this initiative themselves. So that I found amazing. Going back to the beginning of the incident, we have only a few minutes left, so I'd like to give you the main lessons. Definitely there are many lessons that can be learned. First of all, we see that when people are traveling in the night, going back to the beginning, right? That journey is very difficult. And finally, when they stop to rest for the rest of the night, that rest and sleep is the best, which is why people will have very deep sleep, very comfortable sleep. Now, at this point, the companions could have been told, no, stay awake until Fajr, pray and then sleep. But given their situation, they had been traveling all night. This journey was not a vacation, was not for enjoyment. You know, it was an expedition. It was a war expedition. So it was exhausting. That journey itself was very tiring. And then on top of that, the last part of the journey was even more difficult because they were traveling in the night. And then when they stopped, they were not told, no, you stay awake until you pray Fajr and then sleep. No. They were allowed to sleep. The Prophet ﷺ himself slept. Obviously, when you will sleep at that time, you have the intention to wake up. All right? And you have... You know, set the means. You have the means to wake up as well. For example, you set the alarm clock. Or you have, you know, you tell somebody, please wake me up. 
But sometimes what happens? Despite effort, you're not able to. You're not able to. Now remember that this is not something that was a habit of the companions, that they would sleep through their fajr. No. This is something that happened rarely, rarely. So if, because of human weakness, if this does happen, that once or twice, sometimes, if a person does sleep through the salah, then don't be too hard upon yourself. When you are missing your prayer every other day, once every week, mostly throughout the summer, then definitely be hard upon yourself. Do something physically, mentally, spiritually prepare yourself to wake up for fajr. But if it's a rare occasion, if it does happen, then remember that you are a human being as well. Just like the Prophet ﷺ was, just like the companions were. But also question yourself. Always analyze that why did I sleep through my salah? Was it really physical fatigue or was it my irresponsibility? And if someone does sleep through fajr, then please say something nice to them. Unless they have developed a habit and then they need like a push or you know they need to be shaken a little bit so that they realize what they're missing on, that's a different case. But if you know it has happened all of a sudden without any intention, not deliberately at all, then in that case be easy. Because the Prophet ﷺ, look at the easy words that he said. In the Quran, Allah says, وَأَقِمِ الصَّلَاةَ لِذِكْرِ That establish the prayer, لِذِكْرِ at my dhikr, meaning when you remember. So, a person is forgiven until he is sleeping, and until he remembers. But once he wakes up, once he remembers, then he has to perform the salah. Now the Prophet ﷺ, he commanded the people to move on. He didn't tell them, okay, immediately, what are you waiting for? What are you arguing about? Get up and pray. Come on, so so and so pronounce the adhan. No, this was not done. What were the people told? Let's go. It's okay. Let's go. Why let's go? Because when you move on from there, first of all, when you go, then, you know, you leave those arguments behind. This was the habit of the Prophet ﷺ. When people were being very sensitive and touchy, then what would he tell the people? Let's go. Travel. Remember what happened at Tabuk? Right? He made them travel for so long because the munafiqeen were doing so many things to create discord between the Muslims. So he told them, let's go. Keep going. Keep going. So over here also he told them, let's go. Also, in the riwayah of Muslim, we learn that he said, فَإِنَّ هَذَا مَنْزِلْ حَضَرَنَا فِيهِ الشَّيْطَانِ That in this place, shaitan was there with us. This is why we missed our prayer. So we're not going to pray here where shaitan won against us. Let's go away from here and pray somewhere else. So after a short while, they camped again and they prayed over there. In another hadith, in another narration of Abu Dawood, we learned that he said that دَحُولُ عَمَّ مَكَانِكُمُ الَّذِي أَصَابَتْكُمْ فِيهِ الْغَفْلَةِ That move on from the place where غَفْلَةِ overcame you. So remove yourself from there. And this teaches something very important, that if you feel you're missing your salah, because you are sleeping in a certain place, or sleeping in you know a certain type of environment, or eating something that's making it difficult for you to wake up, or sleeping at a time that's making it difficult for you to wake up, then do something to change that. Do something to change that. I know of a person who sleeps on the floor deliberately so that they can wake up or fajr and go to the masjid. Because they, they say that if they sleep on the bed, they're just too comfortable. They're too comfortable. They cannot wake up. Likewise, if your bed is too soft, too cozy, your pillow is too cozy, it makes it impossible for you to wake up, then please, go get a hard mattress. Do something that will help you wake up easily. Don't make your bed too comfortable that every time you fall into it, you're gone. Don't make your sleeping place you know, a place of ghafla. Don't let it be a place of ghafla. 
Likewise, we see that a place where there are pictures, there are images, then what happens? Angels don't come there. So if there are such things in your room, in your house, then angels are not going to come there. So then how will you wake up? So always check what happened, what went wrong, and fix that mistake so that it doesn't happen again. Then we also learn over here that the Prophet ﷺ, the leader, he appointed the companions to go and find the water. So likewise, the leader can appoint people with whatever work that he finds necessary for the rest of them to go in search of water or to to get wood. You know, he can distribute the tasks, basically. Then we also learn here about the miracle of the Prophet ﷺ, right? That this was basically a miracle, that there was limited water in those saddlebags, but yet so much water came out, so many people used, and yet the original amount was not reduced, it only increased. If you think about it, the Prophet ﷺ could have prayed to Allah for rain, that Allah send rain upon us so that we can use it. And this is what we do, we don't do anything ourselves, and we just say that Allah should help us, Allah should help us. Right? We expect that Allah should help us and we shouldn't have to do anything. But the Prophet ﷺ sent to people, go find water. You have to adopt the means yourself. And the help of Allah will come. And then miracles will happen. Amazing things will happen. And then we also see over here that the Prophet ﷺ gave the water to the junub person. That go and afrighu alayk. Pour it on yourself. Based on this hadith, the scholar said that the ghusl for janaba it is sufficient that a person pours water on himself, thirdly making himself wet. That is enough. If he has done that, he is clean. Obviously, he has that intention to clean himself. So in other words, it's not necessary to follow a certain procedure. It is best, it is afdal, because the Prophet ﷺ did that. We see that the ahadith, that's what they narrate, a certain method of performing the ghusl. However, if a person is not able to follow that method, or he forgets, you know, you have the intention to take the ghusl, but as you're taking the ghusl, after the ghusl, you realize, oh, I didn't, you know, wash my, you know, myself in that method. I didn't do, I, I didn't do wudu before I poured water on my body. Or I didn't wash my head before, you know, I poured water on my body. Or I didn't do khilal of the hair. So, don't think that your ghusl is invalid. It is still valid. It is still valid. Why? Because the Prophet ﷺ said, afrighu, pour it on yourself. That look at the kind of words they said to that woman. You know that we did not reduce your water. So that she doesn't go with any bad feelings. And also we learn a very important lesson that when we benefit from someone, even if we have not harmed them in any way, but still we have benefited from them, so what should we do? We should benefit them in return. The water was not reduced for her at all, but still the Prophet ﷺ told the people, give something to her, gather up for her. And they gave her the best, different kinds of food. And especially thinking that she had to travel 24 hours to get water. And they lived in tents in the middle of the desert. So they were poor people. So give according to your capacity. And like this, a person gives, sends silent messages. This is da'wah. You know, if you think about it, you know, living in this society, we are all so impressed by the good akhlaq, the good manner, the good etiquette of the people here. And we always praise them. We always talk about them. Is it because they tell us that, look, we are so good in our manner? Is it? No, it's because their actions show all the time. Their attitude that shows all the time. That what a good quality the Prophet ﷺ had 
that he was so considerate of the people who were with him. If someone did not pray, he asked him. He noticed him. And when people were thirsty, he stopped because they were thirsty. He didn't say, be strong, be men. Where did your manhood go? You know, you're supposed to be on jihad. Jihad nafs No. If someone is thirsty, they're thirsty. They need water. So everybody stop, let's find water. How considerate he was of their feelings. Azizun alayhi ma anittum. حَرِيصٌ عَلَيْكُمْ She could have been five miles away, but she happened to be there. يَهْدِي مَنْ يَشَاءُ سُبْحَانَكَ اللَّهُمَ بِحَمْدِكَ نَشَدُ وَاللَّا إِلَهَ إِلَّا أَنْتَ نَسْتَغْفِرُكَ وَنَتُوبُ إِلَيْكَ السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته